Devon Review with Brad Hardware. Welcome along to our look back on some alternative stories from the past week. I'm Brad Hardware and here's what's coming up. The Exmouth Festival takes place next month for the first time in two years. It's sure to be a great comeback as the event will also celebrate Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. Cardiac arrest is still a massive health problem in the UK, which is why the Devon Air Ambulance have launched a campaign to help raise awareness. And have you ever bothered to inspect the crevices of your personal wallet? Maybe you've never thought to pay attention to those old pennies in the bottom of your bag. Maybe the money you have could be worth more than you think, but you must know what you're looking for. Keep listening to find out more. Devon Review with Brad Hardware. The Queen's Platinum Jubilee takes place in June and along with it comes the Exmouth Festival, which took a two-year break because of the events of Covid. It's packed with a musical lineup, arts and crafts, circus performances and much more. Event manager Charlie Tapp says it's a fitting celebration for Her Majesty's 70-year reign. It's a mixture of live music, children's activities, uh, a fairground, food and drink. It's really just sort of four days of a good time um, and it's totally free as well. We think it's the largest free-to-attend arts festival in the southwest. How are you involved? So I am the arts manager for Exmouth Town Council. So my role for this event um, is the event manager. So that is everything from the programme through to logistics, bringing the team together. Um, I'm currently sat in my office surrounded by site plans and volunteer T-shirts and signage. So it's quite varied. What can people expect from the festival this year? So this year uh, it's taking place from the 2nd to the 5th of June. We've got lots of live music. Uh, We've got over 400 artists involved in the festival this year. Uh, So we've gone quite big. You know, we've had a couple of years without the festival. So we've got some local bands uh, like Cadence Road, Ruby Mae Spencer, Barefoot Bandit um, and Not The Cowboys. Uh, And then we've got some from slightly further afield. Uh, We've got Bristol-based Cut Capers. uh, We've got Space and we've got Musical Youth. We've also got a children's big top. uh, So that will be full of circus workshops, uh, family cabaret, Uh, we've got walkabout performers, we've got food and drink traders, um, and we've got quite a big fairground as well. So it's going to be busy. How does it feel to have the festival back again after a two-year break due to COVID? Yeah, it's really great. You know, it's um, the 2020 festival was actually fully programmed. Uh, that was only cancelled just a couple of months before the event. Um, so it was really hard on all the artists and everybody that had put all the work into making that event happen. So we've brought back as many of those artists as possible. It's going to be a mixture of sort of what we were expecting in 2020 and then quite a bit of new stuff as well. So we're really relieved, you know, it's a bit unknown we've gone for so long without these big events so you know we're going to take it a day at a time and hopefully we're all going to have a lot of fun do you think the festival will be a fitting tribute to the queen for her platinum jubilee oh we really hope so uh, so sunday the 5th of june is our jubilee celebration day um we're very lucky to have some funding from national lottery awards for all for this day uh, so we're going to be doing the big jubilee lunch um, we've been able to give away 200 free meals to local families so that they can join in with us at the big jubilee lunch and use their gift card with our on-site traders we're going to be creating xmas greatest masterpiece so everyone's invited to come together and create a bit of the masterpiece and then we'll put it all together We've got Scratchworks uh, from Exeter, their local theatre company. They're going to be doing a BSL interpreted uh, retelling of the Brothers Grimm stories called The Grimm Sisters. 
And then, of course, we've got lots of live music as well. We've got the Southwest Comms Band. We've got Exmouth Youth Theatre. Um, and we'll be closing out the festival with All Jazzed Up. So we're hoping it's just going to be a really lovely, relaxed celebration of the Jubilee. That's Charlie Tapp talking to Radio X's Joe Jenner there. Well, Joe also spoke to a member of the Devon Air Ambulance this week who've recently launched a campaign called Help With All Your Heart in hopes to highlight the amount of cardiac arrest cases that their crew responds to each year. Head of Communications Charlotte Leventis also explains the importance of recognising the early signs of a cardiac arrest. Okay, a cardiac arrest is quite simply when the heart stops beating. So the patient has collapsed, he or she have stopped breathing properly and they are totally unresponsive. Whereas a heart attack is when a patient's still awake, they're still breathing, but they may feel quite sick and have some pain across their chest, their arm or their jaw. Could you tell me more about your campaign? Okay, so we've currently got a a campaign running. It's called Help With All Your Heart. And we launched it at the beginning of this year to highlight the high number of cardiac incidents that our crew at Devon Air Ambulance respond to each year. And it's, in fact, our largest incident type that we get um, deployed to through our helicopters or critical care cars. So last year alone, we had um, we were we were deployed to 315 cardiac arrests. And interestingly, 60% were patients aged between 18 and 69, with the predominant um, uh, patients were male, actually. Another part of our Help With All Your Heart cardiac campaign is that we wanted to demonstrate how early CPR and defibrillation offer the best chance of survival for a cardiac arrest patient. So even before any crew, emergency crew, arrive on scene. So to get a better understanding, we wanted to put out a survey to the public of Devon and to understand how people would respond to helping a patient in cardiac arrest. So this is the interesting part in that a third of people were quite confident in using a defibrillator, but three quarters said that they were still very keen to learn more about CPR and about using a defibrillator because um, the majority of the people contribute to the fact that lack of confidence and understanding and knowledge of how a defibrillator works and also the fear of using a defibrillator were quite evident blockers in our survey. So we wanted to launch something to give patients, give the public some reassurance and confidence in using CPR and using a defibrillator. So really the the idea of this campaign is to give the public reassurance and confidence in using CPR and a defibrillator because that really is the best chance of survival. By restarting a heart as quickly and early as possible, it's best to act straight away. So there are three steps, really, that we would like to promote. The fact that early CPR and the use of a defibrillator can offer that best chance of survival, even before any emergency crews are on site. So the three steps, really, if if you should be presented with somebody in the street or at home who has a cardiac arrest, is to call 999 straight away and start CPR. And if there's somebody else with you, ask them to get the nearest defibrillator. And you can look on our website at that.org to find out where your nearest defibrillator is. But also the 999 call handler on the desk will talk you through everything. But most defibrillators these days will talk to you. They will tell you exactly what to do and the instructions to follow. And keep performing that CPR until help arrives, because this really is the difference between saving somebody's life or not in the case of a cardiac arrest. 
That's Charlotte Leventis with Radio X's Joe Jenner there. And the Devon Air Ambulance will be offering a range of CPR and defibrillator courses over the next few weeks. And you can find out more about their courses by visiting the Devon Air Ambulance website. And finally this week we spoke to Phil Muscle, who's the marketing director at Token Publishing. They publish magazines about coin and metal news. He explains why finer details are at the forefront when it comes to collecting coins and gives an insight as to why a 1933 penny is worth so much more than a penny from the year before. He also discusses the impact that history had on our sterling system. Radio X's Lauren Armstrong has more. But the first thing I wanted to touch on was the missing penny. Indeed, Because yes. how fabulous, Radio 4. You have to tell me a bit more about the missing penny. Yeah, well, the missing penny, um, if, for example, you had a 1932 penny, I would give you probably 10 pence for it. If I was to offer you 10 pence for a 1934 penny, I would be being more than generous. However, if you had a 1933 penny, I would probably offer you about 50,000 and I would then make a profit on it. So essentially what happened is back in 1933, there was decided there was going to be no pennies. Because what happens in this country and indeed all over the world, if there are enough pennies in circulation or enough of any coin in circulation, the Royal Mint will not make any more. The banks turn around and they say... No, we don't need any more pennies, we don't need any more pound coins, which has happened recently, or two pound coins. There haven't been any two pound coins in circulation for the last few years. You won't find a 2022 pound coin, for example, unless it's come out of a set. So what they do is they simply say, right, no coins of that year. Now, at the time, the Royal Mint was not making sets. Now they actually make year sets, so they will actually produce some coins and they'll put them in year sets. Back then, they weren't doing so. So there were going to be no 1933 pennies. They struck a few as the, um, if you like, the, the patterns, just to see what it would look like. But they decided it won't put them into circulation. George V, however, was when he was asked to open up some buildings, some civic buildings, he was asked to put a time capsule in the cornerstone of each of these buildings. And he insisted that if he was going to put a time capsule containing coins, he wanted a full set of the coins to be included in the time capsule and that meant they had to strike some 33 pennies so they put them in these places for example uh, the university college london building in bloomsbury that's got one in it and there was a church up in lincolnshire that had one in it and there are a couple of others that king george himself opened formally opened and they had time capsules put into the cornerstone of the building one went missing one of the churches was being renovated and the 1933 penny that was in that time capsule went missing. So out there somewhere is a missing 33 penny. And there were only seven of them, so they are worth an absolute fortune. But that was a very long-winded way of of telling you the story, but that's essentially what it was. That's brilliant. (laughs) My uncle lives very close to Bloomsbury, so I know exactly which uni you're talking about. Yeah, it's lovely. It's the one with um, Jeremy Bentham, I think, who's, um, there's a uh, mummified body of Jeremy Bentham in there. Oh, There you go, that's something else. That's another podcast (laughs) at another time, but uh, yes, I think it's Jeremy Bentham, anyway. Uh, So yes, that's the missing penny. So there are, but there are other things like that. So for example, I think it's 1952, there weren't any pennies struck. There were just a few issued, and they were issued, uh, struck special they were never actually issued and then again they're worth an absolute fortune but you're yeah. unlikely to find one in your change well not now of course because we went decimal in 71 but you're not likely to find one in a, uh, a pot of coins on your side so what what do you think um for the general public what's the most common thing that we could possibly find that might be worth something well the most common one is probably the 2008 20 pence now, the 2008 20 pence, that was the year, if you remember, up until 2008, we had individual designs on all of our coins. So we had a line yes. on the 10 pence, yes. we had a portcullis on the penny, etc. You can still find them in your change now. 
But in 2008, what they did is they did this shield. I don't know if you've ever put the coins together. Yes, they, I have. Yes, my father does it a lot there you <laughs> regularly. Go. There you go. So they make a shield. Yes. Now, the shield coins, because of the design on the reverse, which is the tail side, they didn't have the date on them. So the date appeared on the heads side. Now, on the 20 pence, the old style 20 pence with the Tudor rose on it, that date appeared on the reverse, not on the obverse, which is the head side. Yes. Now, what they did, they produced a batch. The Royal Mint produced a batch. We don't know how many. We think it's up to 200,000 that had the head side from the previous year. So it didn't have the date on it. But it had the new reverse, so the 2008 reverse, which meant that there was no date appearing on the coin. The first time since the time of Edward VI, he was Henry VIII's son, so you can tell how long ago that was, 1500s. And so, yes, they were the first time since, uh, in 400 years, a date didn't appear on a coin. And so, yeah, they're worth about £50, pounds, so, which is not a bad return from a 20 pence P, oh. but there are also coins that are worth far more than that. So, for example, the two pence. We're talking just now the old uh, style coinage. The two pence has the Prince of Wales feathers on it. Okay, no problem with that at all. Very straightforward design. On the obverse, the head side, it has the date. So, in 1982, and what they did is they changed from new pence to the word two pence or five pence or whatever the coin was. Because in 71, we had gone decimal. So they used the words new pence on all our coinage to try and differentiate it from the old pence. So if you look, but if you look, the only ones still in existence are the one penny uh, and the two pence, because everything else has been changed since then. So the, the sizes have been changed. But if you look at small two pences, you can still see the word new pence on them. Now, in 82, they changed that to being two pence. But in 83, again, it was a mistake, and they used the wrong reverse die. So 1983, two pence, with the words new pence on it, which they are out there in circulation. They're worth about a thousand pounds, but you've got to know what you're looking for. Yes. So if it's 1981 with new pence on it, not worth anything. If it's a 1983 with two pence on it, it's it's worth two pence. But if it's a 1983 with the words new pence on it, it's worth about a thousand pounds. So there you go. That's another one to look out for. That's Phil Muscle with Radio X's Lauren Armstrong there. Well, that's all for the Devon Review this week, and that's all from me. We'll soon be relaunching the Devon Review with a new focus with Mitty James and Lauren Armstrong co-presenting. So make sure you keep an eye and an ear out for that. And until then, take care. Devon Review with Brad Hardware.